If you have your Bibles, open up to Psalms chapter 23, the 23rd Psalm. And uh, are you ready to make your declaration? You guys have our declaration this morning. Here we go. This is my Bible. I live by its truth. I walk in its light. I rest in its promises. I'm empowered by its love. And I overcome by the faith produced from receiving this seed sown into my life. Father, we thank you that your word truly is the seed of life. It is the bread of life. And Lord, we receive your word sown into our hearts today. And Father, we thank you that it produces the life that it contains in us and living through us. So Lord, we thank you that by your spirit today, we receive the impartation of the engrafted word into our lives in Jesus' name. Somebody said? Amen. Amen. So I just want to talk to you many times and as a pastor uh, when you do memorial services for people, everybody wants you to read the 23rd Psalm, the, 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 the mortuaries in them. They will put uh, in their little brochures and stuff. They always put the 23rd Psalm. But the 23rd Psalm is not a psalm about death. It's a psalm of life. And we shared two weeks ago in our lesson on covenant that it is the declaration of the covenant that we have with God. So going into Thanksgiving, I just thought it would be good to do this. I'm, we'll read it, and I'll read out the New King James. But then I put it in your outline in the Living Bible, which is a paraphrase. But I just like the way it says everything in, in a great way. So let's read it first in the New King James, and then we'll read it. Uh, it's there in your outline in the Living Bible. It says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not. I shall not. Amen. Watch this. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still water. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. That's a covenant declaration right there. David's declaring that because of my covenant with God, these are the benefit and the blessing of being in covenant with him. Look at verse 4. Yea, though I walk through. Somebody say through. It didn't say pitch a tent, didn't say hang out there, didn't say build a house there. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will what? Fear no evil, for you are what? With me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And, <coughs> excuse me. And you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely, somebody say Surely. That means absolutely you can count on it. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will what? Dwell in the house of the Lord for how long? Forever. Come on, somebody give God a praise. What a promise, amen? What a promise. So look, at, look in your outline with me how it is, how, the, new, how the, the, the living Bible says it. It says, because the Lord is my shepherd, I have everything I need. He lets me rest in the meadows, the meadow grass, and leads me beside the quiet stream. He gives me new strength. He helps me do what honors him the most. Even when walking through the dark valley of death, I will not be afraid. For you are close beside me, guarding, guiding all the way. You provide delicious food for me in the presence of my enemy. You have welcomed me as your guest. Blessings overflow. Your goodness and unfailing kindness shall be with me all of my life. And afterwards, I love this, I will live with you forever in your home. 
Glory to God. That is so good that I will live for him forever in his house. You see, we have so much to be thankful for, and God is so good to us, and we can place our trust in him all the days of our life. He is here for us in every situation and through every circumstance when we place our trust in him. As we approach the holiday season, let's remember how good and faithful God is to all who place their trust in him. Think about that. I don't know about you. I, I, didn't, I wasn't as smart as these young people today. I didn't get saved till I was 25 and had made a mess of my life. But I'm glad that God still saves and restores us no matter when we call upon his name. Amen? But think about that. They get to run with him all the days of their life. That's so exciting. You see, God never intended for people to come to him from fear of his judgment, but because of his goodness seen upon his people. God says, I'm going to put my goodness upon my people, and people will see that I'm a good God, and they will want to know me and come into a relationship with me. So when we understand that in his holiness, though, he must judge sin. But his love always tries to reach us before his judgment does. God is always reaching out, trying to reach us, trying to restore us in love before judgment comes. Look inside your outline. His desire is to be shepherd to all. The heart of the shepherd is always. The word shepherd there means to pastor, to tend, to graze, to feed. Used of a ruler, used also of a teacher, someone who instructs and gives guidance. To, it means to associate with, to be a friend. Of. How many know Jesus told his disciples that he called them friends? Amen? He calls us his friend. To be a companion or to be a special friend. I'm thankful that the Lord, my special friend. Are you? Come on, he's a special friend. Hallelujah. And he sent the Holy Spirit, and he declared he would be a friend who would stick closer than a brother. You see, the shepherd is here to lead, to feed, and to protect. That's what you read in that song, that God will lead you, he will feed you, and he will protect you. And then to watch and care for those he loves. You see, there's a reward of having a shepherd in our life. See, a lot of people say, well, you know, I don't know if I want to accept the Lord or not. Well, then that means you have no covering. You have no shepherd. You have no one to feed you, protect you, and to guide you. Amen. So what that means is, though, when I declare that I have a shepherd, I can declare I shall not want. Amen. Go with me to Psalm chapter 39. You're in chapter 3 there, but just go over to chapter, excuse me, 34, not 39. Psalms 34 and verses 9 and 10 says this. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. There is no, what, want to those who fear him. The young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. God's so good, amen? We don't lack anything. Luke says this, Luke chapter 11 the Lord declares this. I love it. Luke chapter 11, beginning in verse 8. I say to you, though he will not, excuse me, verse 9. I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, what? Receives. And he who seeks, find. And to him who knocks, it shall be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? I, like, I always like the how much more. Amen. 
how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So God always provides. He always makes that place where we have no lack in our life. To lack means to be without, to decrease, to be lacking, to have need, to diminish, or to decrease. But in him, we have no cause to lack. That's what David is declaring in this amazing song of life. But then think about this. He goes on to say that he makes me to lie down. Amen. You know, Pastor Sue gets upset with me because I fall asleep pretty fast. I always have. He gives me peace, and so I can kind of like just go, I'm gone. Amen. But I figure if you're laying down in bed, the purpose of being there is what? Sleep. So I just do what I'm in there to do. Amen. That's not time to plan tomorrow, to think about everything else. I'm in there to get some sleep and be ready for tomorrow. Glory to God. Or if I just sit down in a chair, I consider that a place of rest as well. Amen. So I'm doing all that, but he makes me to lie down. That means to stretch oneself out, to lie down, to stretch out, to cause, to lie down. It also means not just in any place, but in the place of refreshing and peace. Amen. See, when I know he's my shepherd, I'm at peace. Because I know he's watching over. I don't have to worry because the shepherd is watching. The shepherd is there to protect. Not only to lead and defeat, but to protect. So while I'm resting, he's watching, he's protecting. So I don't have to stay up and figure everything out. I just have to rest in him. Amen? Trust him and rest in him. You see, the great thing is, though, is that place of rest, I don't have to find it on my own because he's there to lead me. He leads us to that place where we can lie down in peace. When we're following the Lord, Romans says this, as many as are led by the Spirit, these are the sons of God. And the Holy Spirit comes to lead us into all truth. How many know unrest is not the truth? How many know anxiety and worry and stress are not connected to truth? And so if I'm battling that area, maybe I just need to rely a little bit more on his leading. Maybe there's some things I just need to give over to him, cast all my care upon him, and really trust him that he will be who is he has declared he is to us. You see, to lead means to give rest, to lead with care, to guide to a watering place or station, to cause to rest, to bring a station or piece of rest. And to guide and to repair. You know, the Bible says that the Lord gives his servant sweet sleep. Amen. There's some of you in this room this morning that could use some sweet sleep. Amen. You, you could just use a good rest. You could use where you just wake up and refresh. Some people, when you sleep, you wake up and you're more tired than when you went to bed. <laughs> Hallelujah. How many can remember your dreams? Get up. See, that's because you're not asleep. You're watching a movie in your head. And you go, how come I'm so tired? Because you never went to bed. Amen. Just go to sleep. It was funny. A few weeks ago, I, I never, I, it's like I wake up and there was something there, but it like goes away right away. But Sue was laughing because a few days ago, I woke up and I had this whole, I could remember this whole thing. It's like weird. And I was, it was a really a weird one and all these weird people and people coming out of everywhere of my life. And I said, and this person was there. And she was like crying, laughing on the floor. So, uh, so I think the Lord let me just remember it for her entertainment. <laughs> Amen. But rest is something that God gives us. It means to refresh with food. It also means to journey by stations or stages to the still waters 
of the resting place and quietness. How many know that just sounds good? Amen. And let me just say that when, when we read this psalm at memorial services, that person's at rest. They don't need any of this anymore. And so we're declaring this over them. Remember that. But this is what we need. This is a psalm for life, not for death. So think about it. The purpose for leading me there is to bring restoration. Why does God lead us to these places? Because he brings restoration to your life. You know rest is, is where your body restores itself. It heals itself. And, and, and all those great things take place when you rest. Amen? And so he does that to us spiritually as well. See, God has always been and always will be the God of forgiveness and restoration. And he always desired to allow us to return to where we should be. To restore all that we have lost and to refresh and repair what is broken and lacking and to draw us back to this place and allow us to return to our rightful place in him. There's somebody in this room, you need to hear that this morning. That's for you. That God is here to allow you to return to where you should be. To restore all that you've lost. To refresh and repair what you sense is broken and lacking in your life. And to draw you back to the place and allow you to return to your rightful place in him. Somebody's battling with that today. And that's a word for you this morning. If you'll just return to your shepherd. It also means to bring back to balance. When it says he restores my soul. He brings our life back to balance. To make requital. To pay as recompense. To restore. He feels what was and is lacking in me. I'm so thankful that in all those years ago, in 1978, when I gave my life to the Lord, he brought healing, forgiveness, and restoration to my life. Amen. And he makes us whole again. Whole again. The word shalom, when you hear somebody say shalom, it, and we just think, well, it means peace. It doesn't just mean peace. It means to be whole with nothing missing, nothing lacking, and nothing broken. And God brings it. Jesus says, my peace, my shalom, I give to you. May you know nothing missing, nothing broken, and nothing lacking in your life. That is what your shepherd is for you. How many know it's good to have a shepherd? It's good to have a shepherd. Amen. You see, he's always there to lead us in the path that pleases him, that path of righteousness, and protects me from harm because of the covenant. It says, for his namesake, he has made with me for his namesake, which gives no cause for stumbling, falling, or going away. You see, this covenant brings great confidence in my life regardless of where I am and what I have to face. I can walk through anything with peace in my heart. In all these years of serving the Lord, Pastor Stu and I have been through all kinds of things. You've heard me say it before. We've been through different kinds of things that happened in our life. Been through, through bubonic plague. Been through hepatitis C. And there's this one thing that always comes up on the inside of me. This too shall pass. There, there, there's some great script. And it came to pass. That's the way everything is. It comes to pass. So just believe that it's going to pass. Believe in the covenant that you have with God. Believe in the declaration and speak it out over your life. And believe that whatever comes against you, it only comes to pass. That's why it says, yea, though I walk through. What a promise. Yea, though I can walk through the valley of the shadow of death. 
You know, I've done a little research on that. But the valley of the shadow of death is an actual play. It's a canyon that leads from Jericho up to Jerusalem. And it's a deserted. There's beasts and everything else in there. And, and there are outlaws that hang out there. There are, there are Bedouin nomads, Arabs that, that, that would dwell in that area. It's literally the place that they say that, that is the illustration where the, the, the man on the Good Samaritan came and found the man whom they robbed and stripped. But that happened in the valley of the shadow of death there. But how many know in that valley of the shadow of death, even though it looked like he'd been stripped and left naked and they're dead, left for dead, that God still sent somebody along to heal him, to pour in the oil and the wine, and to take him and get him to the end and bring restoration in back into his life. Amen? So, yea, though, we're walking through that. So think about that. When I'm there, it means that fear is replaced by trust. Fear is replaced by trust. If you're dealing with fear, just learn to trust your shepherd even more. Amen. Isn't it interesting that God uses that analogy of us being sheep and him being our shepherd? Amen. And when you study the parable of the lost sheep, lost coin, lost son in Luke chapter 15, the reason sheep get lost is because sheep were never meant to give direction to their lives. Never. Sheep cannot give direction to their life. They, they can't find water. They can't find path. They can't do that. Sheep need a shepherd. And look what David said. David says, I'm acknowledged. The Lord is my shepherd. And we are the sheep of his pasture. Amen? I'm a little bit ahead of myself. But 1 Peter 2.25 says this, that you and I have been returned to the shepherd and the bishop of our souls. Amen. That he helped in your soul. That's the place of your mind, your will, and your emotion. I need somebody to help me because every now and then I don't have the best thoughts. Every now and then my will wants to pull me in the wrong direction. So, so I need a shepherd that will exercise restraint and control and, and direct me in the areas of my soul. Can you say amen? I need that in my life. and I'm thankful that he's there. So think about that. He is there in that valley, armed and ready to protect. That is such, so good. Even in the deep, waterless, gloomy, wild, beast-infested, death-lurking ravine of the valley of the shadow of death. You see, the shepherd is not only prepares the feast that is set in the presence of my enemies, he causes us to feast in safety while he watches, fights, and protects us. I always like that. Think about preparing the table in the presence of your enemies. I'm feasting at his banquet table and his banner over me is. Amen. In him, when my enemies come against me, when the enemy sets an array against you, he comes out, the Lord just says, hey, let's have a picnic. Let's just sit here. Why don't you sit here and enjoy your meal while I Become the adversary to your adversary. While I fight for you. Amen. How many never see sheep trying to plot a scheme to kill a wolf? You know, three of them over in the corner that think they're bad. And take on the wolves. Amen. That doesn't happen. Amen. Doesn't happen. God fights that for him. Amen. 
He fights that battle for us. This next part is so good. Look at He anoints my head with oil. My cup runs over. The word anoints means that our lives are filled with the fatness of his presence. The definition is there for you. It means dashing to be fat, to grow, to become fat, to become prosperous, to anoint. The older I got, my doctor tells me I need to lose weight. And I told her I'm on Weight Watchers. I got it right out there where I can keep an eye on it. Amen? Hallelujah. Amen. So it means to make fat, to anoint. Hallelujah. But God does that. See, his presence is an overflowing fullness in our life. If we ever realize what he's promised to us and who he is to us, it changes our whole life. It gives us such peace. It gives us such rest. It gives us such confidence in him that we can just live and walk in that peace. See, those who have such a shepherd, the goodness of God is the continual flow of his increase in our lives. He's not just content for us to be full, but he wants our lives to be overflowing. Amen. God's not a barely get by God. Amen. God takes pleasure in the prosperity, the fullness, the blessings of his people. The Bible says the blessing of the Lord makes you rich and adds no sorrow with it. It's not just monetary. God wants you to have your needs and met and have necessity enough. I love what 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 9 says, that God supplies seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Then he multiplies your seed sown so you can continue to abound and, and not be in need of any assistance or aid. But you have more than enough to be charitable to any need that arises before. You're fully sufficient. Amen. That's the will of God, that you be fully sufficient. Think about what his name is. His name is El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one. Amen. And he brings that sufficiency into our life. So he's not just content for us to be full, but to be overflowing with satisfaction, saturation, and to be wealthy. Those who have such a shepherd can have the confidence that such goodness and mercy will flow to them to the end of life and beyond. How many thankful this is not just for a good life? Amen. One preacher wrote a book called the, Your Best Life Now. I want my best life forever. I don't just want a now life. I want the eternal life of God. Amen. So I want, I want the whole deal. Praise the Lord. You see, we have a shepherd not just for here and now, but for all of eternity. He's not just leading us into his provision here, but all the way to his father's house where we will dwell forever. Go with me to John chapter 14. What an amazing promise this is that Jesus said. The last night with his disciples. And so when Peter declares him as the shepherd and the bishop of our soul, look at what he's saying. And David said, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Look at what Jesus said in John chapter 14 in the first three verses. Let not your heart be what? Come on, somebody needs to hear that today. Don't let your heart be troubled. Come on, when you listen to the news and look at what's going on around there, how many know there's a lot of things that you could have stress and anxiety over? Amen. But I was found out that nothing really moves God. Nothing really moves him. Remember when the disciples were in the storm on the boat? What was Jesus doing? Sleeping. And then he got upset because they woke him up. How many know if Jesus is in your boat, you're not going to sink? 
Amen. He's the buoyancy of your life. We need to remember that sometimes. Sometimes, you, you, it always makes, when, when I hear, oh my God, what are we going to do? I don't know, who's in your boat? You need to go back and look and make sure he's still there. <laughs> Amen. He's never left. You might have forgotten he's there. Amen. So watch this. He said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare what? Place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Praise the Lord. Amen. That's what people, see, when we live, Hebrews chapter 2 said that Jesus came and took on the form of man, and in doing so, he defeated him who had the power of death and delivered them who all their life were subject to the fear of death. Because the other side, come on, if I die, where do I go? To heaven. What's the downside of that? People act like going to heaven is the downside. Oh, man, I don't want to go. Oh, man. Are you listening to me? But so I, I'm, I'm so concerned about this little space here. We gave you that on, on, when we did the lesson on Kevin, on, on our little dot in the timeline of, of, of time here. And we just focus on that little dot instead of being eternal focused with God eternally focused with him and when you read the history of the church and you see how did people endure the martyrdom how did they endure the persecution because the bible said that they were looking and believing for a city whose builder and maker with god they knew they were only hebrews 11 says they knew verses 10 through 16 they knew they were only pilgrim they were only passing through here and they were headed toward their real home amen and that's the way we live. The Lord's our shepherd. He's leading us all the way to his house. You've heard me say it before. I, I, I love with that story of Enoch, and I heard an old preacher say it, and I've held on to it ever since. He said, God and Enoch were out walking one day. And God said to Enoch, hey, Enoch, we're closer to my house than we are to yours. Why don't you just come home with me? Because the Bible says Enoch walked with the Lord, and then he was no more. Amen. That's what happens. We just, come on, just keep walking with him. And if you're aware that you're walking with him and you're living to please him, then that releases all the fear because you know that your shepherd is with you. Amen. And he's going to do everything he's declared he would do. Praise the Lord. Amen. See, we all need the care and covering of the good shepherd because Isaiah 53, 6 says, all we like sheep have gone astray. David said the same thing in Psalms 119, verse 76, that he had gone astray like a sheep from the care of a shepherd. We all need the loving care of the shepherd and the bishop of our souls that leads us and feeds us and protects us. The good news is that he's always coming to say, we sang that, the reckless love of God. What does he do? He leaves the 99. See, the moment we get scared, we get frustrated, and we begin to drift in the wrong direction, God always comes back after us. Would you stand with me this morning? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Kyle, could you just come play, please? I just want you to bow your hearts to the Lord just for a moment.
See, I believe there's somebody here today that needs his forgiveness and restoration. God brought you here. And you needed to hear this word on him being your shepherd. Or somebody needed to hear that promise of restoration and forgiveness. To allow God to restore you to where you should be. To restore what's been lost. To draw you back to that place where you should have been. And to refresh and repair what's been broken and lacking in your life. I just want to take a moment. And I'm just going to open this altar. You know, many times we sing that song, Run to the Father. But maybe you're here today and you just need to move to the shepherd. You just need to move towards him. He's pulling on your heart right now. And you just need to respond and move towards him and make your way to this altar. So our heads are bowed and eyes are closed. I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. But the Holy Spirit's speaking to your heart. You need his forgiveness. You need his restoration. You need... God, to move in your life, he's here for you today. So we're just playing while that music is just playing. Why don't you just move right now to this altar? You need that restoration in your life. You need things to be made whole again. You need that peace in your life. You need that rest. You need to find that pasture of rest. You need to lay down by that still water. Just move right here and kneel and find a place of prayer right now. Just move to the shepherd of your soul. Let him move upon your heart right now. Come on, he's here to meet you. He's here for you today. He's here for you today. He's brought you to this place to bring his restoration into your life. For you to know his forgiveness. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father.